You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode 28. In today's show, we're diving headfirst into birth control, natural family planning, vasectomies, and how to regulate your hormones naturally. Female nutritional needs completely different than male nutritional needs. So for hormonal contraceptives specifically, just like any other medication that works in our bodies, it needs to use nutrients to do its job. So whether you're taking a statin or an antidepressant or Tylenol, they all require nutrients to actually work and they require more nutrients than what your body is already using. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered, it's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Scherr. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more joy, more purpose, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. Today's episode is a little bit controversial, but it really just boils down to true and lasting health, and that's understanding who you are. In this episode, we'll be fully exposing true health and looking at the health controversy of hormonal contraceptives. I'm excited to have on the show Dr. Hannah Anderson. Dr. Anderson is a chiropractor and holistic practitioner, college professor, and chief product officer at Well Labs, overlooking some of the best nutritional products on the market. She lives to help others find lasting health in practical ways and is specialized to do so, dealing with women and children of all ages. Today, Dr. Anderson and I will be talking about if it's okay to skip periods using hormonal contraceptives, how to regulate hormones naturally, if natural family planning even works, and so much more. Seriously, this is going to be an insightful episode that will help you cut through the confusion and make informed choices about your own hormonal flow. So let's get right to Dr. Anderson. Welcome to the show, Dr. Anderson. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I just wanted to start by, you know, talking about birth control because Birth control is such a sticky and controversial subject, and I really just want to be clear that this talk is strictly about the health implications of using birth control and not the controversial debate on life and death. And while we're going to dive right into birth control and the implications on the body, I first want to know, Dr. Anderson, where did you develop a passion for natural medicine? Like, what's your story? Yeah, I'm, first of all, I'm so glad you made a disclaimer because, um, and I kind of have an extra to add, but it's really important for people to know that I don't oppose anyone's access to birth control. And um, the fact that we'll probably say birth control several times and what we're really going to talk about is uh, like the hormonal contraceptive. So the pill, the IUD, the shot, things like that. So it's really easy to say birth control, but there are so many types of birth control that we'll really be focusing on the hormonal effects. So, um, but yeah, anyway, to answer your question about how I got into natural medicine, um, I've always loved science pretty much as a little kid and knew I wanted to go into healthcare. I just didn't know what area. Um, but in college I had an amazing anatomy and nutrition teacher. She really shaped my passions. And, um, maybe most of all, I spent my high school summers and, um, my college summers working in a wellness clinic. Mm. So I, 
repeatedly heard and saw people whose lives were changing. They'd been failed by Western medicine um, and then had almost, it's going to sound really spiritual, but not meaning to, but had been saved. Like their lives have been changed by things like acupuncture or chiropractic or nutrition or um, healing emotional stressors. So I was obviously at a very impressionable age and that just kind of became my new normal to be able to see that healing and that change um, on a natural scale instead of going to the doctor. I think to see firsthand makes all the difference, you know, what you're going to do later on or how you're going to use medicine. So that's pretty cool. So obviously, as young teens, many of us were faced with the decision to use the pill or other hormonal methods of preventing birth or really just helping our hormones to regulate. Did you experience this as a teen as well? Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of ironic that I say I saw all of that as a teenager because I still um, I still thought that was the only option to not get pregnant. So not so much in high school, but when I was in college, I literally thought that was the only way I could avoid getting pregnant. So I didn't know um, or didn't trust other options. And I had this false idea that women still have that the pill would regulate my cycle for me. I thought that's like, right. <laughs> it wasn't going to be normal right. unless I had something to help me, which is also hilarious because I don't think I paid attention to my cycle for a single day. So it was probably perfectly regular. Right. <laughs> um, and I had no clue. And so, and you know, they don't teach you how your cycle really works on a technical level in school and no pediatrician is teaching that to a menstruating 13, 14, 15 year old. So yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of becomes a standard and this normal that if you have acne or if you have any kind of hormonal issue going on, well, there's a quick and simple fix for that. But really it's more than that. So can you actually fill us in on how any of these hormonal contraceptives work in the body? Yeah. So, um, so our bodies require certain waves of hormones to get throughout the cycle. So it takes a certain wave of hormones to take an immature egg in the ovary and grow it and develop it. Um, and then it takes another little wave of hormones or sometimes we'll call it a spike around days 10 to 14 of our cycle to actually ovulate the egg or actually kick the egg out to give it a chance to be fertilized. So a hormonal birth control method like the pill or the shot or um, some IUDs are hormonal. They provide a constant dose of hormones. So commonly a form of estrogen, sometimes progesterone. Um, it's about four times higher than normal is the average, and it wipes out these waves. So there's just no more ebbs and flows. So a uterine lining isn't built up, which you would need for a successful pregnancy, and ovulation just straight up doesn't happen it, um, because you don't have the um, the spikes and the flows. So it doesn't really in any way regulate your menstrual cycle, which right. is what I thought um, and what a lot of people think because it's kind of just the easy answer. But your cycle just doesn't happen. It's completely shut down. And that's why women start to have really light and short periods because it's not a real period. It's just a side effect of the bleeding that happens when you go through a few days of that hormone withdrawal on the, um, some people call them the sugar pills that are just the um, placebo ones and the end of a pack. Okay. So yeah. going <laughs> along with that, we call it this quick fix, right? Like you said, it's like the one pill fix. Yeah. When we look at the endocrine system, it's in general so complex. So if the birth control is really making your period non-existent, how does birth control 
then mask so many of the symptoms and really it doesn't help you regulate hormones. So is it just because it kind of takes away those spikes in hormones that, you know, acne can disappear and menstrual cramps and, and all that, what we would call hormonal related issues, they kind of go away just simply because it's an, really stopped your period? Right. Yeah. So it's masking. And so masking the ebbs and flows and kind of shutting that down has positive, what we kind of can see as positive effects, right? So some, on some types of pills, women will actually lose weight and um, their breasts will actually get bigger. Like there will be things like, oh my gosh, I really like this, but they might get negative things too. Like they might completely lose their sex drive or now they're tired all the time. So yeah, the endocrine system is super complex. Everyone's kind of getting this one dose fits all for a birth control pill. Like it's not tailored that you needed less than I did or vice versa to stop ovulation. It's not customized to anyone. It's kind of a one size fits all. So the scary part is that our menstrual cycle or like a healthy menstrual cycle that's actually happening really acts as like a canary in the coal mine sort of thing. Uh So a menstrual cycle tells a doctor a lot about your health, like your bone health, um, your fertility, your heart health. So if you can't see the menstrual cycle going downhill, if you can't see it changing or see if it's regular, then it's really hard to anticipate other changes or um, other things going downhill in your body. So yeah, things like acne or weight gain, um, those things will often be masked or might even be quote unquote solved, but you lose that kind of monthly health health report card, I guess, right. of knowing that you have a normal cycle. Right, right. And there are other hormonal contraceptives that don't even induce bleeding at all. And, and regardless, it doesn't matter because you're not ovulating no matter what kind of hormonal contraceptive you're on. So what are the long-term implications of never ovulating? Yeah, so um, it's not so much about the, I wouldn't say the ovulation itself. It's the importance of that those ebbs and flows of the hormones. So we need our hormones to go up and down because it's really important for our energy levels. We do certain things that or have certain behaviors and certain strengths at different parts in our cycles. And women can actually use this to our advantage. Like we tend to be like really on the ball at certain times of our cycles. Mm-hmm. It's actually shown that like women will earn more money. They're more productive if they can kind of harness just how their mind and their body changes. But yeah, that ebb and flow, like I said, hormone system, super complex. So like motor skills depend on having a good, healthy hormone cycle and ebb and flow, memory, concentration, your thyroid and adrenals, hugely dependent on this estrogen progesterone balance. So I think you, I know you and um, maybe some of your other guests have talked about adrenal fatigue Mm -hmm. and how big of a deal that is. Not having the normal female cycle of hormones can actually suppress the adrenal glands and then trigger that cycle of adrenal fatigue because you just don't know how to deal. You can't make your stress hormones, right? And so then your body doesn't know how to respond. Right. Um. So yeah, (laughs) it's really more about having those ups and downs and um, that those are actually really good for your body to happen. And then two, just kind of the process of having a period. Um, (laughs) For some reason, we've been, I would say, until recently, not so much period shaming, but it's just like, oh man, that's really inconvenient. Why do I have to have a period? But it really is. 
like a natural cleansing, your body is getting rid of waste products. So just like how you would have to get rid of waste products through um, sweat and through your bowels, um, that is kind of a once a month, like you're getting rid of some toxins, you're getting rid of bacteria. So that's really important as well. Right. Yeah. I had someone once tell me kind of the analogy of, um, you know, like our skin and our hair, like we cut our hair, you know, our skin, we, we take care of our skin. And that's kind of like the shedding of that lining, which is so important for our, our health of our hair and our skin. And so when you take away your period and you actually take away like the shedding of the lining of your uterus, like you said, you you lose the ability to get rid of a lot of bad things that your body really needs to get rid of. Um, and something that so many of us don't think about because it is such an inconvenience and something we've, like you said, almost been shamed to do it or, you know, shame to think that it's not good to have it and why not get rid of it when we have the option available. But being a nutritionist, I also want to talk about the nutritional implications of hormonal contraceptives and not allowing your body to have these ebbs and flows. And something that's really interesting to me, and this is just a side note, is that when we look at the nutritional profile of a human being, men and women are really different. And when we look at the food requirements for the general human population, that's really all focused on a male's hormonal flow, which is a 24-hour rhythm. Whereas a woman should eat much differently than a man simply because we run on a 28-day cycle. Cycle, not a 24-hour cycle. And I think that's so interesting. And so now when we take away those ebbs and flows of our body, there obviously is implications to our health and our nutritional health, especially. Can you fill us in on what those are? Yeah. So it's, and it's interesting too that you mentioned that it's, that a lot of this is based off of a, like a men's hormonal cycle. Birth control in general, I mean, healthcare was dominated by male doctors for a long time. So birth control in general kind of came out of this need um, to make women almost more male-like to not like men don't have these examples. They do, but they're, you know, not as, um, they're just not the same. So it kind of came out of this pressure to make females more male-like because it was helpful for the workforce. But yeah, absolutely. So uh, if, when we're talking about um, female nutritional needs, completely different than male nutritional needs. So for hormonal contraceptives specifically, just like any other medication that works in our bodies, it needs to use nutrients to do its job. So whether you're taking a statin or an antidepressant or Tylenol, they all require nutrients to actually work and they require more nutrients than what your body is already using. So it's kind of like an extra add-on where you might require so many B vitamins and then all of a sudden you threw in a medication. Well, now you need more. So you might get depleted. So with hormonal contraceptives, it's kind of focus on that B complex. So we have a bunch of different B vitamins. That's the main thing that's going to be depleted. Uh, also going to happen not only with the pill, but the IUDs, the shots, everything. Um, B B vitamins are hormone regulators. So when we get all these unnatural levels of hormones, our B vitamins are being used up like crazy because they're just trying to, the body's always going to try and get back to a natural state. So it's using all the B vitamins to try and combat these high hormone levels because it your body knows it's not natural. It's not the um, what typically is happening. Uh, so this is also one of the reasons a lot of women will get side effects is because their B vitamins get so low and they might not get side effects for months or years because they might have been really nutrient dense. They might have been really full up on nutrition. And then also over time, they've been depleted of these B vitamins and now they're exhausted um, and they're losing their sex drive. Their, um, their mood is kind of 
gone in the tank, they're depressed or something, and they haven't even correlated it with the pill because it's been so long. And this nutritional deficiency has been such a long time coming that now all of a sudden, um, they didn't even connect A and B. They don't connect um, the medication with the symptom because it, it takes a while. It can take months or years for these things to kick in. Right. So, I mean, like you said, long-term, right? Like, we have to look long-term at these things because a lot of times we go on the pill or birth control for a quick fix, whether it is to prevent pregnancy or it is to get rid of, you know, mass hormonal symptoms. But obviously, these are causing long-term symptoms in a woman's body and also a fetus and a baby. So there's a legacy that occurs with a nutrient profile preconception. Can you just talk about, you know, like the long-term implications of birth control and maybe how if you have been on birth control or a hormonal contraception, Long term, how can you fix that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's kind of there are long term implications of having a B vitamin deficiency. That's one way to look at it. So if you don't have B vitamins, you get extremely tired. They're hugely important for just making energy. So we kind of have to take in our food and make energy through this little cycle. These little machines in our cells. We don't do that very easily if we don't have B vitamins. And then B vitamins also important for skin. So if you're getting changes in um, skin texture or color digestion, you need your B vitamins in a healthy gut to actually absorb other nutrients. So very important there. A lot of women will notice foggy brain or even stroke is kind of like the most extreme version of B vitamin deficiency. As far as birth control, um, I don't know if a lot of people know, but fertility or infertility is rising like mad. Like People are having more problems getting pregnant now than they ever, ever have. And so a lot of patients that I see in my clinic, they are thinking about getting pregnant within the next couple of years. They've had multiple miscarriages or they've been trying for a long time and they just can't get pregnant. Um, And so what's kind of important to notice and take note of is that a fetus is really intuitive. Like you kind of don't think about, we think about the miracle of life and all this, but a fetus is really intuitive of the environment that it's in and it's programmed to know if it can survive or not. Right. Right. Um, so a fetus can be in an environment, can the egg can get fertilized and all that. This, this is assuming we don't have any problem with the fertilization process and all that. So a fetus can get, be fertilized, start growing, but say it doesn't like the hormone vibe or it's in a, it seems like it's in a very stressful place. It can sense that it's very stressful or it doesn't have enough nutrients to eat and grow. That fetus might not stay very long because it knows it's whether it's going to survive or not just um, intuitively. That's one of the connections. If we do have this nutrient depletion or we do have these crazy unnatural hormones just because they've been artificial for so long um, or because there is stress, say birth control, the pill or hormonal contraceptive has led to depression or anxiety or something like that, creates a very stressful environment. And a fetus knows whether or not it's going to be able to survive or thrive in that environment. But also having the low deficiencies in if you do have a successful pregnancy, you can even do anything from creating birth defects like folate, um, really big for neural tube defects. Well, folate is a B vitamin that mm-hmm. can be depleted by an oral contraceptive. 
so anything from birth effects to predisposing your kid to allergies and asthma, because it also has a role with the immune system. So yeah, it's pretty far reaching. (laughs) I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say that B vitamins are one of the least talked about, you know, you don't hear it often. It's not like a vitamin D or, or something that we hear of in right. our market, but yeah, yet calcium. It's, right, yeah. it's such an important nutrient, especially because it, it directly affects our hormonal flow of our body, like we said, and it's so important for women and yet so overlooked in the grand scheme of our health. Uh, and so someone who has been on birth control long term and they're hitting that preconception phase of life, they're thinking about getting pregnant, you know, maybe they have recently gotten pregnant. What do you suggest for someone in that stage of life who has been on birth control, maybe regardless of what kind of hormonal contraceptive, if any, they've been on? Like, what are the suggestions for those people, especially who have been on hormonal contraceptives? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're planning on getting pregnant at literally any point in your life, I would say there's probably two big things. One is making sure your nutrition is up to par. So human life, whether it's yours or creation of a brand new one, completely depends on nutrition. That's how we build. That's how we grow. That's how we develop. So with my patients who are thinking of getting pregnant within the next year or two, or currently trying, we almost always do a functional blood panel to see where they sit with their vitamins, their minerals, um, omega-3s, and their digestive health to make sure they're at 100% before they decide to make this beautiful little parasite that's going to steal everything from them. (laughs) So um, yeah, I mean, people will talk about like pregnancy brain and things like that, and that's very real. It's because that baby's going to take what it needs, um, and it's you're going to be the one left without left without the nutrients. So um, that's really important to build up that way. And then I think too, if you are coming off of a hormonal contraceptive or you've been off of it and you would like to get pregnant, it's really important to educate yourself on what your normal is. So figuring out what a normal cycle is, what's happening at different days of your cycle. I have a super weird advantage because I teach college anatomy and physiology. So I'm like, yeah, this is you know, should be known to everybody, but really it would be helpful if we taught younger girls this, they would understand, but you know, knowing what, knowing what day one of your cycle, like if you ask someone, when did your cycle start? I remember for a long time, not knowing what that meant. I was like, is that after my period? Is it before my period? Right. I don't know what that means. And then what's happening in the beginning, middle and end and why it happens. So the majority of women cannot tell you when they ovulate which is amazing considering how many women are terrified of getting pregnant. Right. Right. There's only like four days a month you can even get pregnant. And most women are freaking out for all 30 days. Right. And just Um, to clarify, that's right in the middle of your cycle. So that's on day 10 to 14. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of depends. Like some people will ovulate a little, little early. Some people ovulate a little later. But a sperm only survives for three days. An egg only survives for one. So you got four days, really. And like you would have to have sex within those four days. And so, yeah, like I said, people are spending 30 days freaking out when there's really only four days that you would need to worry about it. <laughs> right. And it's true. So, that Yeah, go ahead. No, I would just say those are kind of my two, like make, really making sure your nutrition is up to par and then really knowing, like know, knowing what you're getting into, right? Knowing what normal is and um, I think right. those are really important. Right. Like uh, taking the bandaid off for a little while and dealing with 
you know, the hormonal implications that you have. Maybe you have acne. Maybe you have really harsh, strong periods. You know, I mean, we all have, I, I know when I was younger, I went through a series of just horrible periods, you know, migraines and cramping and vomiting right. and missing school. And, you know, like that's just a hormonal um, flow that's really off. And so, you know, it'd be easy. And I did slap a band-aid on it for a while, um, only to learn that birth control did more the symptoms of it did more harm than I thought that two days of vomiting and migraines did to my body. <laughs> so, you know, I, I played, you know, the pros and cons with that, but it did, you know, it did mask those symptoms because it took it away. And what I've learned lately is that, you know, after having kids and even before having kids, you really have to deal with that hormonal issue because you can only slap a band-aid on it for so long before eventually you will deal with it or it will catch up to you. And so what oh, are, absolutely. Yeah. So what are um, some of the things well, that people can do to really like get to the root of their hormonal issue and start to deal with that. Yes. Okay. Sorry. This is exactly where I was going. But um, <laughs> so kind of interestingly, when you, when a female starts her cycle, so, you know, this can be anywhere age like 13 to 16 or 12 to 16 or whatever, right. it takes about three, can take up to six years. So three to six years for the cycle to like regulate and like really figure out its place. So it is at the beginning, right? When we're teenagers, we have all these crazy symptoms because our body's like trying to figure out what right. normal is. Like, what is your normal? So often before we even know what a female's normal is, that um, that band-aid gets slept on. So we never know like, right. what is her normal. But yeah, also think about what else is happening um, in a teenager's life that might cause acne or um, other hormonal issues like headaches, things like that. So now, especially knowing all that I know about gut health, um, knowing how huge gut health is, what's the like number one age where you start eating like pizza rolls out of the freezer, right? right? That's right. like, <laughs> that is teenage life. Um, they might just have different lifestyle habits. Teenagers are notoriously stressed out because they have crazy schedules they're, you know, they're going from sun up to sundown. They aren't getting a lot of sleep. So these are all things that play into inflammation and play into stress and, um, you know, acne, say a kid has really severe food sensitivities or food intolerances. They've never had that figured out. So now they have acne because their gut is all messed up. But <laughs> instead, if they're female, they're probably going to be suggested to get on the pill. So yeah, absolutely. It, as far as looking at the root cause of a hormonal issue, nutrition hugely regulates hormones, but also just being able to test and test and see, you know, is it actually this estrogen progesterone thing, which is what birth control would affect, or is it thyroid or adrenals or, um, you know, those aren't the only hormones, <laughs> right? So if that's the only thing we're looking to change, um, you might not hit it. You probably won't hit it. Um, and then there's also emotional triggers. Like if your parents, if, a girl's parents got divorced or she changed schools or, you know, God forbid, high school is kind of hard and kind of stressful socially. So if anything happens that way, like that can all contribute. So it's just not a, it's like a one size fits all right. fix for not a one size fits all right. cause. Right. Because each of us are really different. So is a hormonal contraceptive is really a double-edged sword where it has a hormonal implication on their body, but it also has a gut implication. Right. Yeah. It's going to have a whole body implication. That's mm -hmm. the thing with hormones is they're not like if I tried to tell you all the effects of estrogen and progesterone, we would be here all day. Right. 
like hormones are such a cycle and they depend on each other and, you know, just minor changes and concentrations. So, um, yeah, it's, it's totally systemic because hormones don't just go one place in their body. They're everywhere. Right. And I, I feel like, um, it's kind of the game of life for a woman is to try to figure out her hormone levels and try to find that quick fix for it. You know, it's like, um, we, we search so hard, like high and low for it, but really it's just, like you said, taking time to know yourself and allowing your body to kind of even out. Like our bodies want to have a natural flow of hormones. And I think that we often miss that our bodies really want to be healthy. Like more than we even can imagine, our bodies really want to achieve health. And sometimes we just have to let it do its show, but we also have to provide it proper nutrition. So, you know, when we talk about being on hormonal contraceptives, so maybe someone is on hormonal contraceptives, maybe they're just come off of it, or they have been on it in the past. One, how quickly can we get a deficiency? Like how quickly can a deficiency in B vitamins occur? But also how quickly can we replenish that? And can you replenish it if you're on hormonal contraceptives right now? Like, can you even out those effects? Sorry, that was a huge question. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can become deficient anywhere from a period of months to years. So I mean, in <laughs> the amount of time people are on birth control pills or hormones are completely varied, right? So like I was on the birth control pill for three and a half years. I have patients that are coming off the pill at 22 years. Like it is crazy the range that happens. So yeah, that deficiency can start at any time. Um, just kind of depends on what you started at and what your body, your metabolism, does your metabolism naturally use more? Um, or do you, does your body detoxify really well? Or um, does your body struggle with that? So it would be a really good idea for anyone that's on birth control to take a B-complex as kind of that preventative measure because your body is just requires so much. And I know a lot of people really like to go through food for their nutrition. And I'm totally all game for that. I think food is the best way to get your nutrition. I think the amount you need to combat a medication, any medication, but especially a hormonal contraceptive, I think it'd be really hard to get that through food. Mm -hmm. I think you could do it. It would just require a lot of planning and, um, and honestly, a lot of eating, which right. is great for some people. <laughs> right. But, um, and it's really important too, that women aren't just getting the B complex off the shelf at a big box store because there are synthetic B vitamins and there are, um, the natural forms of B vitamins. And it's really important that women are getting the methylated form. So like B9, you can get folic acid, which I would at this point totally stay away from for reasons that we, that's in a different podcast. Right. <laughs> um, but so making sure that you're on a methylated folate or making sure that your B12 is methylcobalamin and not cyanocobalamin because those are artificial and they um, they don't agree with a lot of people's bodies. So you can take that at the same time. And I would totally recommend it if you really want to stay on a hormonal contraceptive. If you're coming off of a birth control Ideally, and I, it's this is hard for people to do, but to get to be able to get a, t a functional nutritional profile, I do blood and urine tests in in my office. Um, if you can find a practitioner that does something like that, so that you're not over supplementing yourself, right? So you're not taking a bunch of stuff you don't need. I think that's really important. If you can't do that, just getting back to a really high quality diet or getting finding some really high quality supplements instead of 
typically what you're going to get off the shelf at a like Walmart or something like that is not going to get you what you need. It's not going to be potent enough to combat the um, depletion from the contraceptive. So would you suggest, and and I'm going to link up your recommendations for good B-complex vitamins, methylated B vitamins in the show notes, because I think a lot of people are going to be asking what's good, what's bad. So make sure you head on over to the show notes and I will link all of um, the recommendations Dr. Anderson gives us so you can be sure and do that. So I have one more question and then I have some listeners questions that I want to get to quick before we end the show. And this has been so incredibly fascinating. But one of the questions I have to ask is, you know, there's a lot of people who are on the pill because they have some severe hormonal issues. You know, maybe they have cystic acne or endometriosis or PCOS or any other, you know, kind of extreme hormonal condition. And it's got to be extremely frightening for them to take the stance and, you know, come off the pill and really get to the root of that hormonal issue. Do you have any advice for those people who really want to take this next step for their health, come off and find that hormonal root? Like, how would you do that? Yeah. So, um, in our clinic, we call it the birth control hangover um, <laughs> because whether you've been on it for a couple years, um, a couple months or, you know, 22 years, um, a lot of times it's not easy. And so it is, it sounds very scary and it can be very scary and just some crazy things. Like we've had women come in, they're like, all of a sudden I have um, frozen shoulder. I can't move my shoulder. And like the only thing that's changed is that they came off the pill. But, you know, they don't know the connection of um, those hormones regulate the calcium channels that control the muscles. So it's like that's a whole different thing. But I guess my advice would be um, definitely don't blame yourself. Don't blame yourself for being on the pill. Don't blame yourself for um, seeming weak when you come off of it. (laughs) Um, It's not just you. You're not alone. Like I said, we've seen we've seen crazy things and we've seen mild things. Um, but the good news is we've also seen a lot of people get, get better by kind of just trying to restore their natural balance. I would recommend finding a functional medicine practitioner, um, or someone, just someone who's familiar with, um, nutrition and hormones and, um, it might not be your medical doctor. And I don't want people to get frustrated with the fact that they're going to the doctor who prescribed them the pill, yet they can't help them get off of it. Um, because that's not what they're taught. They're often taught to switch to a different pill or switch to, um, switch to an IUD or switch to something else. Um, and it just, it's just what they're taught in school and it's not, it's not to any fault of their own, but it can be very frustrating to the patient who is saying, you know, you put me on this, I, and now you don't know how to take me off of it without all these crazy things. So just knowing that you might need to reach outside of your comfort zone with practitioners and that you might need to ask around, um, and find people who've done this before. And there's, you know, there's blog after blog and forum after forum, um, of people who are going through the same thing. Right. Right. There are ways to do it. And it's just kind of taking that that step and that leap and kind of being surrounded by support. So to get into the listeners' questions, are there any safe and natural contraceptives you would recommend? Yeah. So like I said, when I was in college, I thought there was one way to not get pregnant. Well, I mean, there's obviously more than one way, but that was right. right. That was my thought right. process. I was like, yeah, I, I got to be on the pill. I, like I got, I got grad school to go to. I got stuff to do. Um, so I just thought that was my only option. Um as far as non-hormonal methods, some people will bring up the copper IUD, 
um, which is not technically non-hormonal. Um, I hesitate to recommend this because, and this is kind of interesting because I know you're really big into anti-inflammatory and have an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. The way the copper IUD works, um, so it's a piece of copper that's placed in the uterus, just like another IUD. And um, the copper basically makes the body so angry and makes the uterus so inflamed that a fetus wouldn't want to live there. Oh, so, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's creating inflammation just on a monstrous level so that no one wants to make that their home. So does it, so, le- um, does it leach excess copper into the body too? It can. That that really depends on how good people are at detoxifying. Like mm-hmm. some people, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Some people have mercury fillings and they do just fine. Some people have mercury fillings in um, in their teeth and they do terribly. <laughs> so right. uh, kind of depends on the person for that one. But the whole point of it, the whole reason it would work is just because it's making that much inflammation. <laughs> right. So I'm really hesitant to recommend that. Do I think it might be slightly better? Yeah, probably. But as far as the rest of birth control, there, you know, there's still options for physical barriers, you know, condoms, diaphragms, things like that. But, um, like I mentioned before, knowing, knowing when you ovulate is clutch. It is absolutely key in this whole system. Cause like I said, people are going to freak out for a month about four days. They can only get pregnant. Right. So personally, my personal health history, I was on contraceptives for three and a half years, went off because I have a, um, very high connection of, um, female stroke in my family. Mm. Um, so I just knew it wasn't something I wanted to be on for a long time. And so I went off after three and a half years with the next four years, very successfully not pregnant with um, just knowing my cycle and then using a physical barrier or um, just avoiding intercourse during those four days. <laughs> so right. it seems kind of silly um, that it would be that simple, but also the great thing about today is there are a million smartphone apps for this. Right. <laughs> so naturally, right. There's always an app right. for that, but, um, one that I really like is called clue. Um, so C L U E it's honestly just like a period tracker. And I actually picked it because it was like the only period tracker that wasn't pink. And right. I was like, Oh, I'm so tired of all these things being so girly. Um, <laughs> so, um, but it allows you to, um, track your period. It helps you predict when you're going to ovulate, but you can also track, um, all the other signs of ovulation that make you really confident about it. So is your cervical fluid changing? Are there changes in your breast tissue? Uh, are you super tired? Is your sex drive really high or really low? Things like that. And then you can also, you know, track the days that you do have sex. So it's really helping you avoid that window. So yeah, there are a lot of options and that's not the only option as far as kind of that natural cycle observation either. So, right. And even if you're not family planning, I mean, you know, we're beyond that stage with three little girls. We're like done, but it can be really helpful to use those apps (laughs) just to understand your cycle because I think so many women don't get it and they don't even know if they're regular or not, or if they have hormonal issues going on. So regardless of your family planning or not, those apps can be really great at just knowing where you are in your cycle. And like you said, if you utilize your hormone flow right, you really can be more successful and you can live a happier life just knowing, you know, you know, the flow of the hormones and how to use them. That's, again, another issue. But kind of going along with that, what about the temperature method of family planning? Does that work? 
So yeah, temperature, like I, I mentioned a couple other signs, but temperature is just one sign of many of what your body's doing. So I mentioned like changes in cervical fluid and um, cramps and things like that. So it's kind of, I wouldn't go temperature alone. I'm, <laughs> I'm skeptical enough that I honestly wouldn't do that. I uh-huh. just, I, I think some people can because they are pay super close attention. But for me, temperature is just one sign um, amongst many that will tell you what's happening. Right. I think it's so fascinating, though, if women really just stopped and took a few months to just understand their body and watch it and observe it and listen to it, that you can really start to understand when you're, when you're, you know, the hormonal flows of your cycle changes. And um, it's really as simple as that. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I think so right. many of us can really understand when those four days are hitting. I mean, some of us can even almost feel it when you're ovulating. Yeah, absolutely. Once you, um, like, once you do it for long enough, you don't really even need the tracker at some point, right? You're just like, you're like, oh yeah, I can feel it. Like I'm like right. for sure this is my week or whatever. It's kind of like how women know to pay attention right before their period, right? But right. it's you're just paying attention at a different point in your cycle. And right. a lot of times it's like really similar stuff. But yeah, it's once you once you know what to pay attention to and know how to be self-aware about it, it becomes second nature. Right. For sure. So just a couple more listener questions. Let's talk about tubules and vasectomies for a second. Are there any health concerns or drawbacks to the male or female doing this? Uh, Yeah, if I had to pick one, um, I would kind of ward off against the tubal ligation. So tubal ligation can actually trigger something called post-tubal ligation syndrome. So they named it because it was common enough right? <laughs> um, that enough women uh, were experiencing things like early menopause, their ovaries were atrophying, they were having just all of a sudden bleeding out of nowhere, um, you know, at all times of the month. There's a risk for ectopic pregnancy, which is really scary. That's when an egg gets fertilized outside of the uterus, um, super painful, a really big ordeal. And then some people will be like, why don't I just take my ovaries out, right? So then then there won't be any eggs released, but we need those to keep that ebb and flow going. That's where the hormones come from. Right. So we can't really take them out. And it's not a great idea to do the um, tubal ligation because kind of hard to reverse. So like if something starts going wrong, it's pretty difficult to undo it. As far as the males getting vasectomies, it is a much lower risk. Right. <laughs> there is much less that can go wrong. You're not interfering with a hormonal organ. And interestingly enough, you're not even decreasing the amount of semen that comes out, which mm-hmm. is, this is going to get gross, but whatever. Um, sperm is such a low percentage of semen and we're only blocking the place that sperm comes out of. So like it, it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, even as far as like, even as far as just having sex, it doesn't change any part of that. Um, so if, um, a lot of your decisions on birth control totally depends on what stage of life you're in, right? Like, are you kind of where I'm at? Like I'm in a committed relationship, I'm married for a long time, want to have kids. I'm, we're obviously not going to go for the vasectomy, right? Right. <laughs> but someone who is in a committed relationship and they're done, they might go for the vasectomy. And then someone who isn't in a relationship, they might need to figure out something much more temporary. Mm. So um, relying more on the physical barriers and the tracking and things like that. 
Right. So yeah, as far as this, the more extreme surgery issues, it's definitely safer for the male to have a vasectomy than to do the tubal ligation or um, removal of any organs. Right. Like you said, because you directly interfere with the hormonal flow where a man has no direct issues with hormonal. So, I mean, it's kind of becomes a no brainer. I did some research, you know, like when we were going through this process and man, it's kind of scary what can happen for a woman on the tubal end of things even long-term. So um, yeah, just do your research on that too. I think that's great, great feedback. So just right. one more question, and we've kind of answered this throughout the show. It's not in someone's head if they feel like their sex drive is crushed because of uh, hormonal contraceptives. That's a true statement, right? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I would say even just, uh, this is probably like the number one thing. And like a lot of women don't want to talk about it because they either, so say they like, they're like, yeah, I'm getting married or I'm like, just got really serious with my boyfriend. So I'm going to go on the pill so I don't get pregnant. Well, they're really into this person that they are now, um, like their whole life is about them. And so they go on the pill and then all of a sudden they don't want to have sex anymore. Right. (laughs) So yeah, it's a huge drawback and it's all because sex drive is completely dependent on the ebb and flow. That, that rise and fall of hormones is um, super important. Um, also, if you're on the pill and you're super tired all the time, highly unlikely that you're going to really want to have a ton of sex. It's just, right. um, yeah. So it's connected in more ways than one, whether it's to extreme fatigue or um, just feeling bad. Some women, women will get irregular bleeding like throughout the month if they're on a hormonal contraceptive. And so that will interfere. Um, but yeah, just sex drive is really based on those ebbs and flows. Um, and, um, you know, and this doesn't, it doesn't just affect a certain age group. Like this is women, you know, from 20 to 60, like it's, it's everybody. Right. Um, so yeah, absolutely. That's not a, that's not an imagined right. <laughs> issue. That's a real, a real issue. So you can stop thinking yes. it's in your head. That's a, that's a true issue. It's true sometime of it. Um, but I think it's also important to know that we need to stop looking at our hormones as the evil in our body and just start realizing that those ebbs and flows are critical in a woman's body. And, and if we just stop looking at them as a negative drawback and just start fostering them, I think that we can live healthier, happier lives. I mean, I think it really is a critical turning point in the health of a woman's body. And, you know, I can talk about nutrition all day long with someone, but if your hormones are out of whack and um, you haven't gotten to the root of the issue, it's pretty... I don't want to say it's pretty worthless, but you know, those, those have to be the center of everything that we do. Um, and starting to work with them instead of against them is going to be a critical foundation and, and creating a life of health. And so I'm going to continue to get more into hormones because I think it's fascinating and, um, just helping women to understand that we are in a 28 day cycle. We're not on a 24 hour cycle like most of our food recommendations have been based off of. And so just stay tuned. More is coming. And Dr. Anderson, you have been a wealth of information and I hope to have you back on the show sometime. I know that this this podcast is going to do a lot for a lot of women's lives. Um, just two more questions before you go. One, what is the one thing you think everyone should be doing for their health, mind, or personal growth? I know there's like probably a million things that you could say, but like one critical step <laughs> that everyone could take today and do. Yeah, um, you're right. It's really hard to pick. Right. <laughs> I would probably go more the mental route and say it's really important for someone to acknowledge what is common is not necessarily normal. So I think that gets overlooked a lot in that people um, 
like people, a lot of people, my parents age are like, Oh, you, um, yeah, your health just starts going downhill. Cause you get old. Like that's right. just, that's normal. That's common. And it's common for all of these, you know, allergies to happen and for crazy, like PCOS and things like that, like all of these disorders, they might be very common and you might hear of a lot of people that have them in no way does that make that normal. Um, people will have, we get patients a lot of times to say, yeah, I just have a headache every day. That's my thing. Like that's normal because someone along the line has told them like, oh, it might just be normal. Well, it's not normal to have a headache every day. That's a sign that something's wrong, but it might be very common. So I think giving people the permission or telling people to give themselves the permission that it's okay to not settle for things that are going wrong with your health. Like you, just because it's common um, doesn't mean that it needs to be your normal. And I think some people need permission to, um, to go ahead and change that and kind of like raise a raise hell about <laughs> certain things in their life. So right. that's what I would go with. Absolutely. Right. I think that's a, a great statement right there. Just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Right. So true. So Dr. Anderson, can you tell us where they can find more about you? Yeah. Um, so I, um, in addition to being in private practice um, and teaching, I run a website called mywelllabs.com. So www.mywelllabs.com. Well Labs is basically an online resource for nutrition information, more along the lines of not so much like awesome food, <laughs> like how you have, um, but more along the lines of the clinical aspect. So I write the blog on there so you can read a lot more if you're more intrigued on how prescription meds deplete your nutrients or why I don't like folic acid or for even fertility. There's a ton of information on there. So our company is called Well Labs. You can get really high quality supplements there or you can read more about how to fix things with food. Totally, totally up to you. It's just a great resource. We have a lot of great doctors that contribute to it. So yeah, yeah, that's my good. That's my go-to. Right. <laughs> and I will definitely link that in the show notes. It's a pretty awesome site. And if you just want the no-brainer, just, you know, want high-quality supplements, it's a great place to go just to get those without having to think about it or do any research. Um, you know, they are well-researched and, and they are the best. So I'll make sure and link that in the show notes. Dr. Anderson, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to have you on again in the future. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you so much. Wow, such an insightful episode. I don't know about you, but I might have to go back and listen to that show a few more times. Dr. Anderson laid a lot of truth on the table. And one quote that really hit hard with me was, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. So often we find ourselves stuck in the same rut as all of our friends, family, and coworkers, simply because these issues going on in our health and our health system have become normal. We've normalized them to the point where we can't even decipher what we should be concerned about or fix and rather just kind of sit on the situation. We lose hope, we throw our hands up, and we declare it to be just normal. But isn't it anything but normal? So just because it's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. But one thing that I can assure you, and it seems to be running a theme in the show, that our bodies are designed to be well and to stay well. In fact, if nothing else, our body is working tirelessly to try to regain health or even maintain it. We just need to look at it differently. Instead of fighting your body, we need to start working with it. And the first thing we need to start understanding is our hormonal flow. 
Nothing can override our hormones. Because let's be honest, if our hormones are out of whack, so is everything else. So in light of this information and my own health journey, I'm working on a five-day hormone reset lifestyle that will help you get the ball rolling on you becoming synced with your health. But the bad news, it won't be released for a little bit. To make sure you stay up to date on the release, as well as get exclusive content and recipes, make sure you sign up to receive daily encouragement from me. To do so, head on over to simplerootswellness.com and add your email address. I promise there's going to be a lot more talk in there about hormones coming up and how we can personally take a stance to put them in the right working order so that we can be in harmony with our body. It is such a cool and simplistic and realistic approach that so many people are missing. So stay tuned for that. And speaking of new projects, I am also excited to announce the release of a very special project that I've only dreamt about for years and years, a tool that is going to de-stress and declutter your life and your health. It's called the Well-Fed Planner. It was designed because we understand that living a healthy life has its challenges, from not knowing what to cook for dinner to how to stick with your habits. Yet you want that. I want that. The ability to have health and manage your time, living a life with more joy. And that's where you insert the Wellfed Planner. It's a 12-month daily planner that takes into account your passions, joy, and most importantly, your health, striving for a simplistic life you love. If you want to check this project out and get a free guide, make sure you head on over to the site www.wellfedplanner.com. And make sure you add your name and email address to that site to be one of the first to know when the planner is released. Seriously, this project is totally for you and me, people who just crave simplicity, but not at the expense of everything else. So to help you end the daily stress of health, life, and everything in between, welcome to the Well-Fed Planner. And as always, if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe to the show and stay up to date on the latest offerings. You can do so as well as get all the information, links, and resources from today's show on the show notes page at simplerootswellness.com slash zero two eight. You are seriously amazing. Do you believe it? I hope so. And I hope that your health is worth something and you believe that it's easier to get than you can ever imagine. It's lying right there, and the first step is just trusting and believing that your body wants health, maybe even more than you do. It's time to start embracing that and love yourself. So this week, choose to be informed, make wise decisions, and most importantly, know you're never alone in this health journey. So I'd love to hear from you. What did you find fascinating about today's show? And what are you putting into action today for a healthier tomorrow? Make sure you drop me a note in the comments section on the show notes on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or just send me a quick email. I want to hear from you and know how this journey is changing your life. In the meantime, I can't wait to see you in the next episode where I'll be unveiling a surprising health twist you're going to want to hear. May you find joy today and I'll see you soon.